Welcome to Questioning Your Answers podcast, where we explore beauty and transform our narratives. We are excited to introduce this, the, the very idea that questions can lead us into greater meaning, greater beauty. And today I want to just quickly do an introduction of your hosts. It's not a very comprehensive introduction because you will get to know the hosts in the programs that follows. I'm Andre Rabe. I'm Mary Ann Rabe, and Andre and I are sitting here in the southern tip of Africa in Hermanus on a cold winter's day. Okay, well, uh, I am uh, Tony Bartlett, and I'm sitting here. I was just imagining Marianne sitting there on a cold winter's day on the southern tip of Africa. I'm, I'm just underneath the Great Lakes here in North America, uh, very close to um, Lake Ontario, basically, in a, in, a, in a city called Syracuse. So almost the opposite end of the world. Um, I, we've been here for 25 years. Um, I, as you can tell from my accent, I come from England. And um, my wife and family came over here 25 years ago, 94, um, for me uh, to study in the university here. And we settled here. Our kids grew up here. So we're kind of thoroughly kind of upstate New Yorkers now. Um, and we have really horrible winters too. <laughs> Uh, but at the moment, it's very sunny and very pleasant. Um, uh, it, the, the weather here in upstate New York is very beautiful in the summer. So I, I feel for you, but uh, we will get our turn not too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess that leaves me. Uh, my name is Jeff Turner, and I am in mid-Michigan, uh, right outside, about 45 minutes outside of Detroit, Um and as you can tell from my accent, I've lived here all my life. Um, and uh, yeah, we're enjoying a nice, nice warm summer day here as well. But as Tony said, um, payday's coming for us here in, yes. the, in a matter of a few months. So <laughs> yeah, you get it even colder than we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> but. We remember the, um, the beautiful visit we had with you, Tony, and just a stunning area in the summer. We couldn't believe we still in New York State when we were right. there. What a beautiful yeah. area. So, questioning your answers. We, we want to just introduce the whole theme of this podcast. And how the name came about is um, many people pursue answers. I think we can all identify with that. And there's a stage in life in which security, certainty, and answers are very important. But very often, our answers can become rather stale. They, they don't take us anywhere further than where we found them. And, and that is what makes questions so incredibly valuable. Questions are able to draw us into places where we haven't been before. They, they're able to draw us be beyond the answers that we've, uh, that we've discovered or formulated so far. And um, 
I know from the conversations that we had with with our friends Jeff and Tony, and the many questions and conversations Mary Ann and myself have, that you you are the kind of people who ask very intriguing questions. And so I just want to throw that theme open for discussion today. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I'll jump in here. I, I suppose um, any life is is really composed of questions. Um, uh, certainly my life has been composed of quite serious questions. Um, you know that your parents and your family of origin or your culture of origin gives you a certain structure to the world, uh, the way it's made up. Um, but then fairly naturally people question that when they're growing up, when they're teenagers and afterwards. Um, for one reason or another, which I won't go into, I actually didn't go through too much of that phase at that time. It's strange. I, was, I had a, a delayed adolescence, shall we say. Um, but what happened really to me was, uh, and it, I just, you know, it's just the, the, Andre's question throws this up, was that I kind of joined a religious order um, and uh, I was on the way to the Roman Catholic priesthood back in the 60s. And that was a point in which the Roman Catholic Church had just concluded in the year um what was it, uh, 65, 1965, it just concluded what it, what was called the Second Vatican Council, which was a big meeting of all the leaders uh, of the Roman Catholic Church. And that was based, I mean, actually, the whole premise of the thing was a question. <laughs> the whole premise of that yeah. meeting was, and, and in some ways it was scandalous and some of the authorities in, yeah. in Rome under the Pope at that time really didn't want it happening because normally um, these councils were convened um, to deal with some serious uh, problem or heresy, as it was called. But this was basically what is the role of the church in the modern world and how does the church respond to a changed time, which was very much the sense at that time. So actually, I was... I, the moment I set foot on my own personal road, I was plunged into a storm of questions. Uh, and my life right. then was kind of turned upside down, really. And uh, and it hasn't stopped swirling around since, I think. And it's kind of like this whirlpool of questions that, that, that the Vatican, Second Vatican Council posed at that time. And then... And then it moved, those questions moved on um, to uh, Latin America, at least as far as I was concerned, because um, in the late 60s and then in the 70s, um, something called liberation theology emerged in Latin America, and I kind of got to know it in, in um, the 70s. And that asked another, another level of questions altogether. Uh, the Vatican Council was really, they were really churchy questions. And then liberation theology mm. kind of asked kind of deeply human questions in relation to the gospel. So, boy, yeah, that's a good, the theme of questions, you, you could carry on for a while, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I just think we so often want to jump in, you know, in, even in conversation with people, we want to jump in with answers the whole time. And um, that kind of just takes away from those assumptions that, you know, we've often never questioned. And, you know, instead of just jumping in with the answers, if we can learn to ask open questions to explore what's behind those assumptions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it will open up our conversation with people so much wider. And, uh, Jeff, I I was just thinking actually of your Facebook banner. Um, As far as I remember, it was something about questions. Yeah, um, you you are. I believe it says um, your questions aren't dangerous. The people telling you not to ask them are. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's really based not on some nefarious outside force twirling its mustache, um, but it's really based more on me and who I was as a young minister. Um, I became a pastor at, um, let's see, I became a pastor at the age of 21. And wow. I'd, gr- I'd grown up in an atmosphere ah. of, of certainty, evangelical Christianity. And, um, you know, I'm not, I, 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 it's my family. I love it. Um, it's where I came from. I don't identify with that label anymore, but it is my family of origin, if you will. So I, I bless it, but it is not who I am presently. But if you know anything about evangelical Christianity, it prides itself on having the answers. And it also prides itself on yes. being able to pretty much answer any question with a very neatly packaged and, um, uh, you know, just a stack of answers really quickly. It prides itself on that. The yeah. whole um, sort of um, apologetics movement is aimed at doing that. It's aimed at equipping, yeah. you know, and I went through all that stuff as a young man, all the apologetic sorts of books that are aimed at um, answering the questions of evolution versus creation of this, that, and the other. And it really, you know, you can sit down in one night and read a few chapters out of a book and have answered all of the questions humanity has ever asked. And all it took was perusing yeah. this yes. one book that you paid nine ninety nine for at the family Christian store, you know? And, um, that was, I mean, if only this had been around 2000 years ago, right? No, <laughs> but you know, that was the, <laughs> that was kind of the diet that I grew up on. And of course, as I, as I became an adult and became a pastor myself, that was still kind of in my my spiritual DNA. And so that's the form of Christianity I lived and um, espoused and lived and Mm. passed on. And, you know, I I had it all figured out. I mean, (laughs) this 21 year old guy and I had it all figured out and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and it would, the the absurdity of it would hit me sometimes of just, you know, people in their forties and fifties and sixties, and they're coming to me, this 21 year old guy who can barely grow a decent mustache at this point, And they're asking me like the deep and probing questions of life. And every now and then it would just hit me that like, I really don't understand what I'm telling you right now. But like, I've been told that I know because I've been given these answers. So I'm just trusting it's right. But I really don't know what I'm talking about. And, you know, it didn't take long um, before I was really because, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living and the untested faith isn't really worth having. And my faith was largely untested. I grew up in a very hermetically sealed environment. I grew up very, you know, privileged in a lot of ways. And I hadn't really experienced the darker 
side of life as a young man and then as a pastor and as an adult and as a married man and beginning to experience life as normal humans experience it, life itself questioned my answers. You know, before I even formed the first question in my mind, you know, and tried to poke holes in the holy or tug at any theological threads, you know, life asked those questions of me. And a lot of things that I thought really solid became liquid really, really fast. And, um, you know, all it took was a few experiences just being battered by the winds of reality. And a lot of my so-called faith fell, fell to pieces. And, um, you know, so I learned very quickly that what I thought were answers were just illusions. And, um, you know, the, that really opened me up to the larger world of, you know, just questioning even the 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 Jacob-like tradition of wrestling with God as being the norm for the people of God, you know. So, yeah. Yes, beautiful. Um, now, I think answers very often gives that illusion of of security, mm-hmm. and um, I think we pursue it because it also gives us. Uh, I guess, a sense of control, that we in control of this theme, we in control Mm -hmm. of this idea, we in control of life because we have the answers. And uh, as you say, life is probably the the most real Mm -hmm. uh, encounter that that brings us face-to-face with the reality that... um, Maybe control is a bit overrated. Mm-hmm. Maybe that kind of control uh, and that kind of security is ultimately not the greatest value to pursue in life mm-hmm. because the things yeah. that really impact our lives are not things that we're in control of. Mm-hmm. The things that really impact and gives value to our lives. Falling in love and a life of love is not something you control. Mm-hmm. It's something that's overwhelming, something that you struggle to find answers for. I I still uh, wonder how to describe a, a relationship that is overwhelming mm-hmm. that that is astonishing and i guess that's one of the things that that answers often cuts us off from it cuts us off from being astonished yeah. from being decentered from being surprised at a beauty that doesn't fit into our predetermined uh, and formulated answers mm-hmm. I love the way as well that questions actually draw us forward because if you look at anything in life and nature, there's a movement, there's a um, exploring, there's a curiosity, a moving forward, whereas often the the way we've used answers is to be right, you know, and, and the moment we insist on our rightness, we close the conversation. Um, And there isn't a drawing forward. There isn't an exploration of the mystery. You know, Jesus didn't just exhaust the mystery of God, but opens us up um, 
yeah. you know, to to the beauty of exploration yeah. and of being, like Andre said, astonished. I think that's quite important, really, that um, there's something, as Marianne says, in nature or in life that does move us forward. Um, and that questioning is part of that. Um, because if it, if it was just simple, uh, well, I'm going to, you know, like... <laughs> like a three-year-old or a four-year-old say, why is this, Daddy, and why? And why that, and why? And, yeah. and the answer you give and, and is never enough. And you say, well, because that's the way it is. You end up by – so if we were like three or four-year-olds oh, yes. just asking questions because we have no frame of reference, then it would be chaotic. Um, uh, and we'd ha we wouldn't have that sense of forward uh, movement. So one of the things that I learned when I first started um, – studying a long time ago was uh and it's all it's affected me quite deeply is it was um is a, a discipline of study called epistemology which is really under trying to understand your um what is knowledge what it, what does it mean to know the world and my my our teacher at the time uh had this this little formula which actually really stuck with me it's pretty amazing the way things do stick with you only a few things do but uh, is that in the heart of our knowledge, there is questioning, and at the heart of our questioning, there is knowledge. The heart of our not knowing, mm. there is knowing, and the heart of our not knowing, there is knowing. So that you, when you ask a question, it's because somehow or other you know something. It's not possible to formulate it, yes. um, but there is something yes. you know, um, and that you're trying to work it out. Uh, uh, you're not you're not completely in the blind there. There's 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 some information or um, inspiration that you have that is moving you forward, and that's what's exciting about it. It's it's that there is this discovery that is somehow or other intimated to you almost before you make it. Yes. yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Love that. So we're going to wrap this up, but I just want to, Jeff, if you have anything more to say, please feel welcome. Otherwise, yeah, You know, I, I suppose, yeah, just before we close, I'll say, you know, I think um, one of the biggest fears that I had was just that answering, uh, that asking questions, you know, that asking the wrong question, um, that it would just open me up to a world of, you know, unbridled, chaos and, and and nothing would be solid anymore yeah. and I would just be completely you know just lost and spinning out of control but I, 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 I it's, it's Eugene Peterson and I can't remember the exact quote and or even where it came from but I, I know at some point in my life I've heard him say something uh, you know approximating the idea that you know Jesus is is not a limitation on God but really kind of more like the liberation of the concept of God and so in Christian circles, we grow up with the idea that, or you can you can start to feel like this Jesus path is confining and constricting. And um, the truth of the matter is, it is what liberates the concept of God. I mean, it's like Mary Poppins' bag. It doesn't look like there's much in that thing, but you reach in and it's a portal and you're reaching into something else, you know? And wow. it's like once... If you, you know, so there, so there's the fear that there won't be any borders in this land of questions, but, but the safety of Jesus is that there are borders 
the character and the person of God revealed in the human figure, Jesus, those are the borders. And so there is safety mm. in this land of questions. Like I'm a father. I, I know my yes. children need borders, you know, on, at, at times like this, when my wife is working full time and I'm working a little bit more remotely, those borders are a little more blurry because yeah, they may be eating pizza rolls at times they shouldn't be eating pizza rolls or whatever, but you know what I mean? I can see, but, but when mom's not here kind of keeping order, things do tend to devolve into chaos a little bit. And, uh, but we fear that's going to happen. You know, if we, in the context of Christianity, start answering questions, but that's really not the way that it works because Jesus provides the borders. Um, you know, yeah. I, I guess it's the Hesed, the flow of the Kabbalist, as well as the Gavora of the limitation that makes it, you know, not just strumming an open, uh, you know, the open fret on your guitar, but limiting it by playing a chord. Um, you know, yeah. Jesus is that, we'll say limitation, but it's actually not a limitation. It's a liberation. It, it causes what would otherwise be chaos to make a harmonious sound. And so we're afraid it's going to be chaos. But you find when you ask questions and you live a life of questioning in the context of Jesus, the borders, yeah. you never yeah. reach them. You never see the borders, but you feel the safety of them. And and, and this place of questioning is the safest and most adventurous and thrilling place to be. And uh, that's what I found oh, to be beautiful. true. Beautiful. Such a beautiful example. Well, thank you, Tony and Jeff and Mary Ann. We so look forward uh, to, to our next conversation as well. For everyone listening, our website, Q Your A Podcast, Question Your Answer Podcast, will have links into to Tony and to Jeff's different uh, resources and ministry pages. So if you like what you heard, these guys have got many more things that are really valuable and worth pursuing. So have a look there as well. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. And please don't forget to subscribe on our website, qyouraypodcast.com.